clubhouse. Lord God, give us rain and a little luck and we'll do the rest. Amen. This is Sheila. This is Steph. Welcome to the Yellowstone Podcast. This is episode seven, The Beating. How you doing, Steph? I'm doing pretty good. Late night recording for us, though. Late night recording. I know. This is like a double header this week. I got to start off this episode. I did not see this coming. The big plot twist in this one. Yeah. This was huge on several levels. I loved this episode. I thought it was really action-packed, like a huge plot twist. Like a, I mean, it was just great. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about this later, but I'm pretty surprised that the like fan fiction like theory was correct i'm actually kind of sad that they were correct i don't know i i I was feeling we talked about this the last episode i was feeling that jamie wasn't the villain necessarily that he'd been made out to and i just feel like the rug has been just pulled out from under him and it's almost like this guy has no shot at redemption in this show i know why are they so hard set on making him such a horrible person like if they don't have enough villains already they have one in their midst all the time but it does explain a lot Mm -hmm. of how he gets treated and i know this sounds weird but you know he was a villainous person in the hunger games and he has that yes. look, though. Yes. He does look kind of like... He does have like... creepy, like, but he like... Just, when he was in the Hunger Games, all he needed was like a little bit more of a handlebar mustache to twirl it like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he did look evil in the Hunger Games. And like now he still has that... He's got a very look. intense kind of stare to him. So yes. I think that that fuels the, the notion about him. Yeah. But for an episode that was called The Beating, and I do feel that the title of this episode refers in full force to Jamie. The rest of the episode, for the most part, was a little on the lighthearted side. Yeah. Did you feel that? Yeah. Like, there was moments with Beth and she was making yeah. jokes, like, with the guy who was, like, you know, swapping out the glass. Like, double paned, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There was just a few, like, lighter-hearted moments. You know, the whole Rip Mia Jimmy scene for me was just, like, one big comic relief. It was so hilarious. It was I so hilarious. So, so, you know, I mean, Jamie notwithstanding, the fact it's called a beating, I was just like, it's not really like a valid title. Yeah, I agree. But I'm so excited to dive into this episode. So many good things to talk about. I cannot wait. Yeah. So I was actually surprised because like the TV guide, you know, had several weeks ago put out the um, the spoiler, not the spoiler, but the teaser. The preview. Yeah. The teaser that, you know, the big plot twist between like Beth and Jamie was going to drop on July 19th. And there hasn't been a breath about anything else, you know, plot droppy and you know earth shattering for this plot show plot <laughs> is that like a technical term that is an industry term i'll have you know <laughs> i just didn't see this one coming so yeah wh- when i was watching the screener i was like i can't wait to talk to stuff about this i know and then we were texting back and forth about our minds just being blown so ready it. we'll Let's dive, into dive it. in all right Let's we're not talking about him first so no can't yeah, don't start with jamie yeah we're not and we're not telling you where he's <laughs> gonna be at either so you gotta listen to the whole thing yeah so who are we starting with first? Let's talk about Casey. His wonderful job as livestock commissioner. I feel like he's having so much fun. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> it's, it's been rough for him. No, no, He has guy. had a suicide. There's illegal horse sales. There's a body count that he inherited but maybe doesn't know about. <laughs> and now all of the shenanigans here tonight. It's been real fun. The Dutton's cattle was stolen. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Like, I mean, like a field is a field, but Mm -hmm. I feel like that field looked kind of Dutton (laughs) field-like. The reason I say that is because 
Casey and wasn't, well, Ryan. you're right. I was going to say, I thought John, yeah, Ryan was there. And Officer Steve. Oh, so Agent was, Steve, there I'm wasn't sorry. Rip or John there to look at the field. Okay. No, it was, yeah, because they had on their livestock, their livestock commissioner gear. So I wasn't sure if it was a Dutton fence or not, but I thought it looked like the field where the cattle were next to the buffalo. I when agree. They, okay. So I'm not far. I'm because like, I'm a city kid. Like I have no <laughs> idea. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the, your field looks like versus my field, but. <laughs> but I mean, like a field is a field, but I mean, right. I just feel like we've seen that terrain before. And I feel like that was where the cattle were next to the buffalo and they were concerned about the brucellosis and whatnot. So yeah, I didn't give it more than half a second thought that it wasn't Dutton cattle like it just seemed implied that this was I wasn't sure because they had on the livestock commissioner right. gear so I just wasn't sure but, but uh, it did. didn't really go there in my mind I was thinking okay these are the Dutton's cattle that got stolen and there is some confusion in what John says later about that so we'll talk about that too but yeah I just assumed it was because okay. but you're right I mean it's Casey's job no matter whose cattle was stolen but I just don't think he would go so hardcore like aggressive if it wasn't his cattle right yeah you know what I guess so because if it was just say you know Bob up the street his cattle I don't <laughs> think he'd be taking a, a tire iron and um you know roping people in a, in a corral <laughs> yeah exactly so I love Casey he is he is so badass and just like I just love the way he handles himself he's like all business. Yeah, he doesn't get rattled. No. And we did see a lot of that, this like this cool headedness that he's got. We did see a lot of that towards the end of the episode. And he's just, he's such a quick thinker. He's definitely on the quieter side. So you, you don't hear the results of sort of what he's processing. So yeah, but he figured this out pretty quickly. And I thought it was just brilliant that he was just like, all right, you know, they have to be close by. They're going to change the brand of the cattle thing. They actually didn't. Dumb on their part. So it made yeah. it just easier for them to figure it out. I did notice, though, when he did track down his his perpetrator at the cattle auction, he whipped out a flip phone to call for backup. <laughs> did he? I didn't notice that. Because uh, I was like, wait, what did he just do? Like, that is a motion that I haven't seen since my phone came out in 2009. Maybe That's my dad. Funny. Maybe my dad has like a, like one of those track phone things. I remember making fun of him for that. Yeah, no, he whips out a flip phone to, to call for, for backup. <laughs> well, maybe the Montana Livestock Commission doesn't have that kind of budget. I'm know. sure the Duttons do. Right? Exactly. But um, what did you think about Casey roping the uh, the guy who was the one that he figured out was the one who stole the cattle? He sees I... the dogs and <laughs> figures out that this is his man. Like I said, he's a badass. Like, that is amazing. I mean, in real life, I think totally unrealistic. But come on. That was amazing to watch. Like, yeah. I literally was saying out loud, is he going to chase down the truck on a horse? Yeah, I thought he was going to get one of the dogs. Like, that's what I thought. Yeah. Like, when he, because, you know, the... then he breaks out the rope. And I was like, okay, what? And well, that's what like... I thought. I thought it was going to be one of the dogs. And that was going to be what got the driver's attention. I did not expect him to wholeheartedly. He wouldn't yank that poor puppy off the back of the truck. He's too sweet for that. I know. I would have been mad at him if he'd done that right? to the dog. I would have, I would have too. Or if the Yeah, horse you can yank hurt. the guy out of the yeah, truck, but hell, not the beat dog. Him with a tire iron, a branding <laughs> iron. That's fine. Don't touch that dog. Right. That was a very, very cool scene. I've never thrown a lasso, but I don't think it would fit through a truck window. But that was pretty amazing. Like, you know what? Roped him around the neck. Like They, they oh. can stunt and edit it that however they want. <laughs> Fine with me. But I, I it loved pretty- it. They they track down the, the cattle thieves. He gets the name and number of the accomplice and gets to the house. All of a sudden, Casey's hackles go up and he's their, their guns are drawn. He's got Ryan with him. He's got Agent Steve at the back of the house. What did you think Casey was doing when he was telling Ryan to face his chest? 
chest to the house. I was thinking exactly what he was doing. I thought he was protecting him. Like he thought that there was going to be an explosion or gunshot through the door or something. When I did. He was just saying face your chest to the wall. I was like, what is he? D-? And then the gunshot. Like, I'm like, yes. oh, that makes a ton of sense. Because then he says, we like, if we shot from the side. We'd yeah, be scooping you up into a body bag. He's military. Like, he, that's just a lot of forethought, a lot of practice of SWAT maneuvers or whatever you want to call them. Like, <laughs> I don't know the technical term, but he knew how to surround a house and knew what was coming. And where to position yourself for safety. But yeah, that's where that, like, cool head, that training comes in. That's just how he is. He's he's a strategy thinker, even if he mm-hmm. doesn't come across as such. You know, obviously, Ryan got away with just, you know, a bruise on his chest. Yeah. Um, and he's winded, but mm, I was expecting a gunfight, but I wasn't expecting that. It was like a big shotgun or something that was, it seemed like kind of more of a gun than yeah, it they was were a big expecting. Shotgun. Like, it was like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know my shotguns, but <laughs> it was definitely like the big, it was a big blast. I mean, it blew a hole through the, the house. Exactly. That's a and bit. was still able to knock Ryan down the way that it did. So there was some pretty big firepower. But Agent Steve is not Mm -hmm. so good. So he's injured by the glass through the door. So there's a gunshot through the door. The glass flies at him. Did you get at first what was going on with him? Like he was just standing there frozen. He was just in shock. Yeah, no, I didn't. I was watching Casey and then when he ran over to Ryan, I was like thinking he was injured or something. Agent Hinden wasn't on my radar at that point. He's got blood dripping from glass that is embedded in his arm. Not sure where he's actually injured, but he didn't feel that he could reach across his chest to reach for his radio to radio for EMT. So there's an artery that does run down your left arm. That's where they take your blood pressure from. So, I mean, if there's an artery hit and he's got like enough pressure on his arm against his chest that he didn't feel that he could raise it. I mean, you can bleed out pretty fast from something like that. But I mean, do you think he survives this? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, I was wondering if uh, karma was coming to get him for his transgression. I mean, I, I wouldn't too distraught if <laughs> he lost him. But, I mean, that's mean to say. But I think he'll survive it. Because Casey was like, you're fine, you're fine, it's okay. He did look like he was in shock, though. Like, physically. Yeah. So um, and he was looking a little little gray there. Yeah. So, not exactly sure. Yeah, that, that whole scene was just very unexpected. It, it all happened so fast. That too it was just like, wait, what just happened here? Yeah. So the part with Steve, it was just like, I had to go back and watch it again. I'm like, wait, what happened to him? Because I didn't register that like the shotgun blast through the door would have done that kind of damage to him. I was thinking more along the Ryan side of things that he would have been like mm-hmm. blasted and just winded. But I mean, these guys are pretty lucky that there was these two big shots and that's what we're dealing with. So I feel bad for Casey and he sees the little girl. Yeah. Like crying over the da- her dad. Yeah, because she's like, Tate's age so the look on his face is just terrible I feel horrible that that's like what Casey caused again because remember his war story to his dad was about he had to kill a little girl and because the dad used to yep used her shield. Shield. Yeah. so I just felt like oh no that's like like he's never getting over like reliving that I know it was terrible yeah. I was like no yeah that was... that was really sad so let's lighten the mood a little bit and talk about Mia and Jimmy and their trip to the horse sale with with Rip. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing. This this was such a great little comic interlude. So this was part of where I felt like like the beating wasn't necessarily such a 
a heavy episode because this was several parts over the yeah. episode. I did laugh when this whole thing started when, you know, Mia's like, oh, great, we're going on a road trip. What should we listen to? And Rip's like, the air conditioning. Yeah. I'm like, this is going to be a line that I use for the rest of my life. <laughs> this is so funny. I loved him in this episode and because he doesn't have a lot of comedic moments. No. And he wasn't being funny, but that's what made it funny. Was exactly. Like he was like actually pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like, She's well, like talking nonstop and like mentioning all this nonsense and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's what <laughs> I was like. I was like jotted down in my notes. I was laughing. I was like, she's like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. She just keeps talking. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, and then what about this? And I think it looks good when women wear the clothes that men wear, but not when men. And Rip, where'd you get your jacket? <laughs> And he answers her. He does. He knows. That's so funny. (laughs) I did like her line, though. Like, she just randomly pulls these spurs out of the backseat. Like, whose spurs were those? I have no idea. But she's, like, saying that these are cool. And Jimmy's prattling on about this. And she's like, well, cool shit ain't cheap. And cheap shit ain't cool. (laughs) And the look on Jimmy's face, like, oh, Oh, no. (laughs) You know, Rip is looking angry. And he's, like, he leans over to Jimmy. I'm going to fucking kill you for this. But at the same time, like, he starts laughing. Like, I don't know if he's <laughs> really angry at Jimmy or feigning it or I don't know. I think he's highly annoyed. Like, haven't you ever been on a road trip that you're just like, dear God. Like, when is this like, going stop to end? Stop Are you going to fall asleep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. hilarious. Jimmy's just like, I feel like he's just thinking all these things in his head. Like, okay, well, I don't have that kind of money. And uh, I don't know what kind of shirt that is. And, uh, like... <laughs> I feel like she's just talking about a bunch of stuff and Jimmy just kind of like nods along like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, he just looks like he's completely in over his head like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't understand why Rip was so angry at the beginning. He's complaining he's going to be one of these days. Actually, he says it's going to be one of these fucking days. But he's had like way harder days than this. Yeah. So I, I think he was just already planning on doing this exercise for Jimmy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, that's why I was kind of putting it together that uh, he's... He's bringing Jimmy to show him that there's a professional side and even, you know, folks who do this professionally can end up like him. So I think this was, I think he's taking more of a John approach to Jimmy's future in the rodeo where John's like, I don't want you to do this anymore. And Lloyd whispering him to the last episode saying, well, you got to let your heart decide. So I think Rip is trying to show another side of it for him, the real side. Yeah. I mean... It was pretty interesting that, like, the horse that they were trying to sell, the guy's like, yeah, that horse didn't buck hard enough. I think Jimmy then is starting to understand, like, oh, like, that horse I could barely stay on, and you think that's too easy. Right. Like, that horse bucked me off twice, and this 16-year-old kid managed to stay on. (laughs) And was like, yeah, that was not challenging enough. The horse ranch that they go to is the Steiner Ranch. I did did myself a little Googling. (laughs) I like when you do that. (laughs) You come up with some interesting info. So Mia is completely starstruck by Sid Sid Steiner when they pull up. So I was like, okay, mental note. They've done this before where they've inserted real life cowboys Mm -hmm. and cowgirls into the show. So this was something that I was like, all right, let me look and see. They are, uh, the Steiners are multi-generational, legit champion rodeo riders. Sid Steiner is a fourth generation legend rodeo star. This is pulled like right off of Amazon. There's a book about him. His son is now just six. So when this show was filmed, he was 15 years old Whoa. and he's also an award-winning rodeo rider. And now he's graduated to taking to bareback riding. So I can't oh even gosh. imagine what that means <laughs> in terms of like a bucking horse and you don't have a saddle. I don't know how that works. I mean, I don't know because I'm not a rodeo cowboy, but I just feel like this is not a sport you pick up when you're Jimmy's age. Yeah. 
you kind of have to start when you're six years old like that yeah kid. yeah like they say I mean, on, like a horse you know by by six or whatever it was yeah it's not something you just like pick up so is this an eye-opener for jimmy or was it cruel i think it's an eye-opener i hope it is like he is talking about how he's ever going to get off the ranch but i don't I didn't think that that was, like, really in his plan. I don't know. Maybe he's thinking about it now. I feel like as much as Rip, not teases Jimmy, but he doesn't have a lot of patience for Jimmy because cowboying and ranching does not seem to come naturally to him, even Mm -hmm. though he's got the brand. But I think that Rip has respect for him. He cares for him. I'm not sure, you know, how to categorize it, but he does care about him enough to spend the day to bring him out here to show him that as good as that kid is and as professional as his family is and this is their business and their livelihood he could easily die on a horse and the same fate could befall the 16 year old kid as what has happened to jimmy and jimmy's not quite double his age but you know in terms of healing and and the seriousness of the injuries that he had the next one could kill him yeah so i feel like rip was it's like doing him a favor kind of yeah it's like a hard truth like it's like you have to learn the hard way this may not be the most lucrative for your life like it might be lucrative now for for the short term in terms of you know the money windfalls but you know the longer term use of it is not really where you need to be and you know john was John was right in saying, like, you know, a guy with a broken arm is no good to me on my payroll. Yeah. And Jimmy has way more than a broken arm. Like, the only thing that's left on Jimmy right now is the cast on his arm. So <laughs> that was sort of where I went with that. So I was just, I think he was just trying to drive home John's point. Yeah. All right. It's time for JV. Are you sure? Yeah. No, I think so. <sighs> we, can't, okay. we can't dance around this gorilla anymore. I know. I feel... We gotta talk about the beating. I was so curious why he was like lurking around the house at before sunup, before sunrise, and like sneaking out and getting in his car and driving off with the like power of attorney, right? Yes, the the warranty deed. So like I froze the screen to see what this was. I I like how this episode started out. Started at like three o'clock in the morning, and there was Mm -hmm. there was all sorts of people waking up. Why are they waking up at three o'clock in the morning, Steph? You have to feed the horses before you can ride the horses all day. I hear you. But, you know, like it's summertime still up there in Montana. (laughs) And, you know, the sun comes up, you know, just as early. Clean them up and feed them. And then you can saddle them and ride them all day. But I mean, honest to God, like if you're getting up at three o'clock in the morning, what time are people going to bed? Right. Six. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. Having dinner at four. (laughs) That's what my grandpa used to do. Be like, yeah. As soon as it was like dinner was over at five or whatever, he's like, okay, good night. I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't understand that. I could never live that life. He's lurking around in the home office and he pulls out this this document and it's a warranty deed. Again, our, our resident lawyer is not here. I had to look it up. So Investopedia <laughs> tells us that a warranty deed is a document that's often used in real estate to provide the greatest amount of protection to a purchaser of property. It pledges or warrants that the owner owns the property free and clear of any outstanding liens, mortgages, or other encumbrances. So this is basically the deed to, to the, ranch. the ranch. Okay. And its holdings, I suppose. And he's doing it under the cover of darkness. This feels very sneaky to me. Yes. Then at work, he's asking his assistant to look up the filing of power of attorney changes. Which Beth did. While he was like kicked out of the family, right? Right. When like he was, last season. Yeah, demoted. And, you know, Rip got the letter and then he mm-hmm. handed Beth the, uh, the power of attorney change. Is he angling to make a deal on the ranch? I thought he was just doing some research, trying to figure out oh, what really. Oh, so nice. I 
know I am. I I have to believe the best. I don't know why I just like room for this guy. I thought he was just trying to figure out what did happen when he was gone, what Beth did do, because, you know, she did change a lot of things and he knew part of that right. had he was, happened. He so was on the outs. So we don't actually know what the changes were. John just handed to Beth the end of last season. This is a change to the power of attorney. My question is, was that a change to just Beth? Is it a change to Beth and Jamie? Because now Lee is not in the picture anymore. So I'm not thinking that between season one and season two, they had a lot of forethought to need to change the power of attorney. Because like, I'm sure this would have been a shared thing. Right. If they Um, changed it while Jamie was on the outs, then when they have excluded him. Is it a shared power of attorney or is it is Beth the power of attorney? But then the letter to Rip was like kind of confusing as to whether Rip is like considered... A child now. Like Like, part of the clan. I wouldn't say the family, but the clan. (laughs) Right. The Yeah. He's not a Dutton, but he's he's under the fold. Exactly. Like whatever, whatever having the brand is, like he's a step above. Not quite a Dutton, but he's not, he's, he's above having the brand. So, so it was just a question. I was just like, if, if he does, if he doesn't have power of attorney, then he's, he's nowhere. There's a clause in power of attorney that if, if it's an and or situation, Okay. My, I have a brother. The power of attorney, like my mom has for us, is it's an or situation, me or my brother. Because my brother was, he was in the Navy and he was deployed overseas several times during his 10 years in the Navy. It wouldn't have been always been feasible to do an and situation. So, so I could have made decisions if needed to be without him present. It causes a lot of questions on the person who's actually filing this because it's like, well, what are you going to do with that power of attorney there, Sheila? Right. Yeah. And thankfully, I don't have nearly as much baggage as Jamie does. <laughs> but it's just a big question because it's like, well, if he does have some sort of claim to power of attorney, I'm just curious as to why he's doing all of this, especially yeah, the exactly. cover of- You're right. You know, it's just, it's raising a lot more questions than it's answering for me right now. So- it's definitely suspicious. Like, what what is he doing sneaking around so early and then, like, digging into these details? So, yeah, I mean, you're right. It could be something malicious on his part. Or, like I said, he could just be the nice guy, nice brother trying to take care of the legal family issues. By pulling the deed to the land when, they're, when they just offered 10 minutes ago. <laughs> That's true. Presumably yesterday at lunch in the timeline of the show, 500 million reasons Mm -hmm. for him to. You're not wrong. Dig into this. And, you know, (laughs) he doesn't have such a squeaky clean record. So that's why I'm a little skeptical at what Jamie's up to right now. You do have a point. I hope I'm not right. I feel like what happens next has just changed my opinion of Jamie in just so many ways. I know. So who knew that such a mundane task as going downstairs to pick up a copy, a certified copy of your birth certificate would lead to such a revelation. Okay. Did you see this coming? Like, I, did you see I that saw none all? of this coming. I saw, I did not know what, like, I'm like, okay, he's going to go pick up his birth certificate. A little hinky of me was just like, what is he going to find? And I didn't have any good answers. So I was just, I was really shocked. The only reason I thought I knew what was coming was because of what the discussions have been on Facebook about how Jamie's not really a Dutton. That's not really his dad or vice, you know, whatever they were saying. I'm not sure anyone ever threw out that he was completely adopted. Right. The the big theory out there was that he was Evelyn's, not John's. Exactly. Right. So I didn't really see the whole like 
he's not a Dutton at all coming. The fact that he had to go downstairs himself to get the birth certificate, I was kind of feeling a little doom and gloom, like, uh-oh. Yeah, like, like he's okay. not going to have to do this for no good reason. Right. That's a pretty huge bombshell. I kind of appreciated the clerk saying, like, don't be too hard on him. Like, I would have done the same thing. And, like, pe- people, you know, she was saying, too, the other bit of advice that she offered was, um, you know, people think that they're doing the right thing and they aren't always. You know, John is is not always painted in the best light. So this could be a pretty, like, wrong and I don't know if I could use the word evil thing for him to do to, like, you know, pull this over on Jamie. So I liked her saying that. Like, think about the other side that, like, you wouldn't have wanted to know that that's, like, where you came from. And they were just bringing you into their family. And I, I think she humanized the moment for him by, there by you, go. you know, offering this little bit of advice, whether it's appropriate for the situation or not but i mean she just did her civic duty (laughs) in finding the record but Mm -hmm. she went the extra mile in finding the the criminal record to explain why to give him the full picture so she you know she said that nice thing about saving you three days of searching on the internet i do feel like what she said helped the situation a little bit i mean in in the context of like is that really appropriate for someone to be offering that but for the moment, I think she read him correctly in saying that she needed to say something because he was mm-hmm. he was just a stone wall. And you could see behind him that he, there was like this churning going on. So something like this has happened to a friend of mine. He was in his early 20s and both he was his parents were older and they both had passed away in a short span of time from each other. And in going through their papers after his mom died second and going through the papers in the house, he found an adoption record for him really and now both of his parents were deceased he had his wife was pregnant like they had a little girl on the way and he was like like who am i like where did i come from? why am like why did this ha-? he was just he was distraught for a very yeah. long time i bet so and he was angry mm-hmm. so like watching what jamie did throughout this episode i've seen it happen and he's not wrong. He didn't say a lot. It's hard. I mean, he's angry. Like, that's the first emotion, right? He's just, oh, yeah. he's, he's in, de- he, well, he's standing there with the clerk. He's in denial. And then he's angry. I was reading his emotions as like, he was just churning. He was, he, when he saw the criminal court record, then my heart just sunk. It's mm-hmm. like, he's got such emotional baggage just being handed to him in 30 seconds. Like you're adopted and your dad killed your mom. He's just got so many questions going on. I, I, my heart was breaking for him because this was such a hard scene to be a witness to, let alone have this experience. So I agree. I mean, I think anger is a very appropriate response to that. I would have been angry because I felt like we've said so many times before, I feel like they are, the Duttons are so hard on him and just have like, you know, made him become what they wanted him to become and then like hated him for it. From what we've seen, especially lately, he doesn't seem to feel like he fits into their family in terms of John doesn't seem to really love him that much, you know? They're always just saying something mean to him or always, I don't know. So I would be angry. Like, why would you bring me into your family and, like, make me into to do all these things for you and then, like, and still not accept me and like me? And that's a lot there. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing that sprung to me was when... um at the beginning of the season when John was heading to the governor's office to meet about the livestock commission debacle. And he brings Jamie and he throws the suit in and he's like, you can change in the car. 
Yeah. Like, I don't feel that John would have done that to any of his quote unquote biological kids now knowing that. So, but I was just confused. I was like, how has he never seen his birth certificate before? Like he would have needed his birth certificate to get licensed, to get into college, to sit the bar exam. (laughs) He would need his birth certificate Mm -hmm. for a whole bunch of things. But yeah, so this was just one of those like unfortunate moments that he just, he was in the right place at the right time to get the right information. So does Beth know that? Well, who's the older? Lee is the oldest. Lee's the oldest. Then I think it's him. Okay. Then I think it's Beth. Then Beth. You're right, because he's older than Beth. Yeah. Yeah, because Beth drove him, because Jamie drove drove her to the clinic. She said in the last episode of the episode before, something like, recently it's been said that she's like 35. Yeah. Okay. His birth certificate says 1979, so that would make him 41. So she technically wouldn't know that. No. And I don't know if Lee was old enough to know. I don't know how much older Lee was than Jamie. I'm sad that Lee was only in like one episode because I love that actor. What else has he been in? He's been in uh, Brothers and Sisters. Oh, okay. I loved that show. He's been in several shows that I've watched. Yeah, he's got um, a familiar face. Dave, Dave Annabelle is his name. That's his name. Okay. And I love him, and I was so I was so excited when I saw him, and then he was like gone so fast. I was like, so oh, fast. Um, I'm sad about that. I was kind of hoping he'd be in some memories or like something, flashback but, scene or something. Yeah, yeah. That hasn't happened so um, far. I know he's just gone. They didn't even really talk about him that much. Yeah, John just like you know when he moved into Lee's house, he's just like scooting over his shirts. He's like, I'm not replacing yeah. him, just scooting him over, which oh. was its own heartbreak. Okay, so Jamie is pissed. Oh, and he's right. He's got a right. He's, he's got a right. I agree. Totally. For once, for once, we all agree that Jamie's got the right to feel the way he feels. <laughs> So when he goes to John, that was a weird confrontation too. Like, yeah, right. I feel like John should have just sat there and let Jamie like yell at him first. You know, like let him say like let him what like, he had to like say. get it out. Yeah, because now he's got forty-one years of anger and and all of the things that have happened to him now welling up inside of him. And John denies him almost gets in his yes. face. He goes, "You want to leave? Leave." Right? Why would you? Say- that drives me crazy. Get out of my house, he tells him. Why? Like, why? not... Uh, why are they so mean to him? Why do I feel for him so much? I was mad that John didn't give Jamie his voice, his time to, like, get it all out. I was mad that he was so rude to him, like, get out or, you know, sit down or leave. But then it kind of shifted. Do you think that John was, like, sincere and just saying, like, like, how do you feel about his comment about being... How do you feel that John's commentary on, like, I've earned the right to call you son, how how does that play into sort of their history? I don't know. It's, it's like a mixed bag because there's been so many instances where Jamie's obviously been treated differently. There's no way one of the Dutton kids gets demoted, gets kicked out of the house to live in the bunkhouse among them. Casey did it, but he was working with them. He was leading them, you know. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. It was, it, And he had the bunkhouse where Lee was. So he didn't live with the bunkhouse guys. He wasn't demoted like that. He had his own space. Whereas Jamie was given a bunk. Right. Where he had to, you know, get up at three in the morning and he had to do the the spinning on the, the brand, you know, drink a, a fifth of Jack before he spins on the brand at three o'clock in the morning to have all these like silly shenanigans with these guys. And I don't think that that's something that any of the other Dutton kids would be subjected to. I mean, right. granted, that was fun a couple of episodes ago. And I agree with you that I don't think it's fair the way John did not give Jamie the right to ask questions that he just started to narrate Mm -hmm. it's a very John response that I'm going to be back in control. Like you had your moment, but now this is my show. Yeah. 
And I thought his analogy was very perfect, you know, about the bull <laughs> being the sire and it's the mother, it's the cow who loves, protects and cares for for the, the her baby, basically. He does love Jamie. He does. But he's got a harder time showing it with him yeah. than anyone else. I mean, like there was the moment with Beth earlier in the scene in the episode where he's damn near crying. I know. He was like so loving with her. He didn't apologize. Yeah. I don't think I don't think John thinks that he and Evelyn did anything wrong in not telling him. Do you get that sense? I don't think he does. And maybe that's not the wrong approach. I just don't know if now is the time to have that conversation with Jamie. Well, I think the I think where John is wrong is just the fact that he wouldn't just take ownership and say, I'm sorry. And like, well, here's the situation. Like, just explain it. Like, instead of, like you said, taking over the narrative and telling, basically telling Jamie to sit down and shut up. Like, that's where it bugged me. That's where I was like, come on, man. Like, so, I mean, I, I actually have both sides of this, this, you know, scene in my life where we have the, the one friend who found out he was adopted and had no one to talk to. Yeah. You know, he had his aunts and uncles, but it's not the same as talking to your parents. Um, and then I have a friend of mine, uh, a friend of my mom's who they adopted two boys a year apart and told them from a very young age that, mm-hmm. you know, you were adopted. We love you. You weren't born from me, but you were born of my heart. Yeah. And we all knew as little kids were like, OK, they're adopted. OK, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm. you're, you're still you. But I just feel that they had a, a better opportunity to ask more questions. They don't have the same level of anger. So true. I have a friend who adopted four boys. They have been talking about from day one that they're adopted. Because, mm-hmm. well, also they were older when she adopted them. The boys were. Okay. Um, except for the baby. They still to this day, however many years later, still talk about the birth mother and father and memories they have. And it's just part of their life. They talk about their other mother, you know. But that seems to be a healthier approach than like being blindsided. Yeah, and then I just—I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know. But no, I do, I don't know what the right answer is, but I definitely know that keeping something a secret for decades has more of a lasting, yeah, impact because it's just like this family is just like the highest level of dysfunction. Yeah, for John is saying that you know he loved him, he protected me, guided you, and he's earned the right to call him son. Like that felt very heartfelt. Yeah, it's like John shifted back to season three, John like turned on season one and two john (laughs) for the first part of it then he starts he shifts and talks about how he knew jamie's birth mother yeah so and the way that surprised me and then i was like well how did they come to adopt him but i guess this makes the most sense so do you have any inklings as to who jamie's birth mother is like how john knew her um i thought it could be like it could i thought it could be like his sister or something like that. Because yeah. just the way he talked about it, he looked, he looked like this was an open wound again. Because the comment of like, we all tried to talk her out of marrying him. Right. She thought she could save him. Yeah, I feel like there was some sort of close relationship. But I was like, if I have to peg it, I'd be like, it has to be a sister. Because men and women in Montana and in the 1980s did not seem like they were going to be friends. <laughs> he was born in 1979. So yeah, I was thinking that it could be... So he would be like Jamie's uncle. We shall huh. see. I'm sure I'm yeah. sure there will be some exploration of it because John gives him like this ultimatum, right? You can go out and find your father and look him in oh, his black yeah. heart and decide who you want to call father. Yeah, I thought he was just saying that to like prove his point that like you don't even like need that guy, you know, like he's not your father. But Jamie did send his assistant out to try to find this Garrett Randall. Yeah, oh, I'm definitely assuming he's looking. 
Yeah. And going to go find this guy. Yeah, I think he exists. And I think we're going to meet him. Yep. So I got to yep. ask you, does Beth find this out? Oh, dear God. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> and if she does, oh, my God, what's she going to do? That's bad thought. <laughs> She's is, not. A- this is what I'm here for. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that Jamie's angry enough that this is going to be something he's going to not publicly, but openly deal with or be angry about. So, yeah, I'm assuming she's going to find out, but that's maybe not wise on his part. (laughs) Yeah, on anyone's part. Oh, gosh. Especially if he's toying around with the warranty deed for the land. Yeah, this poor guy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I I don't think I fully comprehended the, like ripple effect of that oh this, this just... was me like sitting at the baseball game tonight you know baking yeah oh my god what's beth gonna say when she finds out and i was like oh, this is gonna oh, be great no. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be so evil this is i feel like that's gonna be like an episode 10 like you know minute 59 45 of yep. the season and be like <laughs> and jamie's adopted mic drop boom yeah. to be continued <laughs> <laughs> there's my You're bold not- prediction <laughs> oh my gosh yeah this is gonna be big it's so, too big for her not to find out so speaking of hurricane beth hurricane beth so <laughs> i'm so glad that there was more of beth and rip again back oh, in this episode because i was missing gosh. them i was missing them last episode me too but this was just like next level rip and beth that i was did not see coming did in not terms see this one of... coming either that's why you know like we got three oh mind-blowing emojis in the text messages between yes, us i did <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I was like, boom, boom, boom. It, oh my it was, gosh. It was a lot. So where they started out. So this was part of like the ranch waking up and it's 3 a.m. And Rip is up and dressed. And she's like, don't go off to work, honey. Stay in bed with me. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's basically saying that he really liked having her around. Like, I feel like this was, you know, his way of saying that maybe he wants her around more. I, I feel like this was a very sexy scene. It's like watching this. I was like, we have to angle this away from other people so they can't uh, see this. <laughs> younger eyes. Like, younger oh, eyes. What should, are you watching? Nothing. Nothing. It was just a very sweet moment between them. And we don't see enough of these little tender moments between them. So um, it just for me is a, an example of like they're, they're growing love for each other and it's deepening. So I liked that. I did too. So Beth, Beth was like the scene stealer for me this episode. So she comes back yeah. and she like makes this like lighthearted comment like the guys recognize her as they're replacing the glass that Jamie broke and they're like we did the glass for your eyes she's like yep she goes I yep. double pain that if I were you and she's like you know great minds think alike so she's definitely a lot funnier and less serious and I feel like this is like this is Rip's effect on her like I feel that like she's finally like letting go of some of that like pent up anger that she's let, she's let her secret out. So I feel that this is, you know, the effect that Rip is having on her, her deepening love for him, how she's let go of her secret and she's confided in Rip and in John about it. She's letting go of some of the anger that has consumed her over the years. So I feel like this is this is a newer Beth that we're seeing and I like her evolution. It has to be freeing just to like for your dad to know that. Cuz I think maybe that's why she's been back and forth with Rip over the past so other reasons too but I think part of it is like well I can't I can't give him kids so like let me leave every time he gets too attached you know because yeah I'll break it off he said he said every time I mention tomorrow she leaves so it's like she's been fighting that back and forth too for years it's good for her to have let that go a little bit I like her better when she's messing with Rourke that's pretty funny too <laughs> oh god yeah he- <laughs> There was no work this episode. I, I, know, did, I did I miss him. I need more of that. I did miss yeah. him because there is such a, a 
banter between them, even though that they're, you know, arch rivals. I feel like they're on an even keel, the two of those, and I feel like they're evenly matched. Yeah. So it's just, it's fun to watch the fireworks fly. With I the think two so. Of but speaking back of John, like we mentioned this before, that she confided in him, and I guess he's seeing where she wants to go. Do you think that he knew that Beth wanted to marry Rip? So they have this sweet little conversation about, you know, him you know, wanting her to be happy and mm-hmm. it, it evolves into a conversation about Rip. Do you feel that he he knew the answer to that question? Yeah, I do. I think he's seen them become more comfortable with each other. Like they've, you know, held hands in front of him yeah, and stuff and he, like that. And he like and, sanctioned it at the rodeo. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she's been sleeping at his cabin. So, I, you know, I feel like John definitely sees, saw this coming and is not surprised. And I think that that conversation might not have happened if he hadn't brought it up. Yeah, I don't think that that At was least gonna not be yet. not. It wasn't going to be an organic conversation like over breakfast one morning. Right. It needed like to she's be. She's not going to be like, so, Dad, I was thinking. <laughs> you I know, think she so was, I think. Yeah, but I think she was a little surprised that he told her that she was going to have to do the asking. That did surprise me, too. Yeah. Is it because Rip just knows he doesn't have, like, any thing to offer her like a legacy or like compared to what she has with her dad yeah i do i i think it's like he feels that he's not up to their level or he's inferior i think it's more that than anything even though john has elevated him in stature so much and has confided in him and and basically leaves the running of the ranch to to rip and casey for the most part uh i just feel that rip doesn't feel that he's worthy of that well and i feel like rip lets the entire relationship be led by beth like he's said that a couple oh, he's times. along like, for the ride he is yeah, not directing he's... this in any way shape or form because again he's afraid like you said anytime he mentions tomorrow she bolts so i think he's just wants whatever she wants yeah and he's been there done that with her so he's not he's not trying to rock the boat well and she just freaked out when she said call me wife yeah she was like never mind don't do that so i wouldn't have been asking like i would have been like okay she doesn't want me to ask her to be so i won't so i don't think that that was going to happen anytime soon unless it was sanctioned by john and led by beth i guess yeah is sanction the right word i was gonna say ordained but i was like either one i think it i think it all fits because like they they do need his blessing because they're still Mm -hmm. like that traditional more conservative type of family so because beth does respect him so much that she would want that too, even though she balks at a lot of tradition. Yeah, I think so too. What did you think of when she like met back up with Rip at the cabin? Oh, the proposal? Yeah. Oh, it was so sweet. All of it. I loved it. I, I loved it. Like, like she, oh she's got the gosh. box. and First of all, he storms up. The way he storms up and he, she's just like. That was so funny. She goes, I warned you not to get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> he shakes his finger at her like, uh-uh, like, like no, not no. now. <laughs> not time. I loved that part. That, was that whole scene was just, it was, again, this is like this lighthearted, very whimsical notion where the rest of the episode was very heavy but like all of these little interplays like the the mia jimmy rip scenes and beth and rip together it was like a laugh riot yeah you know like i don't think that many people shake their finger at beth no and get away with it and (laughs) And get away with it live to tell the tale right so that was hilarious to me that he did that to her i was like oh i was like oh my god and he's gonna drink two beers before he's able to not yet not yet Um, was hilarious you know she passes him the box and he's like you know what's this and you know she's like i didn't think you were a diamonds and gold kind of gal he opens it up he goes i think i wanted diamonds it was just so cute between the two of them 
And then he gets a little serious going like, there's no evidence that I exist on this planet. Right. Because of the dysfunction within his own family. That was like very heartbreaking for me because he wants so badly to give her what she wants. A traditional marriage. Like he's like, we can't go to the courthouse. There's no evidence I exist. So that was very heartbreaking. But I I feel that she's the the type of person who who figured that out. And she's like, all I need is just... For you just to say that there's no more me and you, it's just us. So I just really, all of that was just very endearing to me. And it was such a perfect setup because of like the power dynamic in their relationship. She's doing the asking and she's got the ring. Like she came prepared. Yeah. She did that in a very short amount of time from 3 a.m. to what, (laughs) 6 p.m.? Right. She got herself a ring. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, men's rings, there's not that much to choose from. And Rip seems like he's going to be definitely like just a titanium kind of guy. Yeah. So that was an easy choice. Keep it simple. Yeah, I loved that proposal. Like, it was a pretty perfect proposal for those two characters Mm -hmm. for that set. It was just like, oh my gosh, yay. And I, I, like I said, though, you know, I didn't see a wedding. I didn't see... Yeah, there was going to be no church in a white dress. So I like that that was their conversation too. Like, I don't need all that. I just want it to be us. I liked that too, because it almost seemed like they're married, right? Yeah, like it's basically... Based on that conversation. Yeah, that they don't need anything and it just... Like it's decided. I thought it was funny that Beth was like, my friends and family, well, friends if I decided to make one one day. Right. (laughs) She's calling herself out on her own shortcomings. They're de facto married now. They don't need anything beyond what they just did. Maybe he'll take his thousands of dollars and buy her a ring. Like the only other proposal that was this good was the McDreamy and Meredith... Like post-it note, like yes. that was pretty epic, and this is and like just as epic for the characters. Yes, yes, I agree. And Rip is kind of like a McDreamy of the ranch. Oh yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, if those Facebook groups are anything to to look yeah. at, I mean, those are some uh, thirsty ladies for Rip. They, I mean, not for anything. I did look at the after commentary from the last episode. The first comments I see, not enough Rip. Where was Rip this season? This episode, yep. you know, where did he go? If he's not in this, if he's not like prominent in the episode, they are not happy. I'm not gonna lie, I do have a shirt with this face on it. Yeah, well, you know, he I has, mean, yeah. he definitely has a lot of, you know, character, even though he doesn't say a whole lot. I know he's so good. He's like the the strong silent type. Isn't that what Mia says to him? Okay, yeah. it's like, wait, I heard that this episode. Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll jump to John next because there was a couple of things that happened with him that I guess need their own. Because we've kind of, John hasn't really played into like the main characters this season. Like he's he's obviously a main character, but he's not the focal point of the action. This this thing with Wade, I feel like is coming to a head. Yeah. So there's the altercation in the diner with Wade and his son. John just, from the last episode when he finally like clapped eyes on Wade and was just like, you know, we need to have cooler heads prevail because this son of a bitch will rile you up. (laughs) And then John's the one who's like, you're a son of a bitch. (laughs) John just can't contain himself around Wade. So I'm, and he asked some pointed questions finally of this guy. He took something from John. And something that John wants back. Yeah, and that no cowboy should ever take or something like that. <laughs> like, what does that mean? So, I mean, I can't even begin to... What did he say? He said, like, the one thing that a cowboy doesn't should take. take. It shouldn't take, you took. Yeah. I'm like... Did you take my horse? <laughs> like, <laughs> not my wife. My saddle, my spurs. Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's those spurs that me found right? in the back of the truck. <laughs> those thousand the whole dollar time. spurs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
it seems very much that he's talking about the past. Oh, yeah. Then I was like, well, is he talking about the cows that were just stolen like a, you know, yesterday? Or like, what are we talking about? Yeah. That we're so discussing. I get. So John was saying something about one of them being in prison. Like there's a very yeah. crude remark that's Wade. Made. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'm thinking that it's Wade that went to prison for something. I'm also wondering, did he, does he have the brand? Because John was saying. I did think that. You know, I offered you a place to live and work for the rest of your life. And I feel yeah. like that's only said to people who have the brand. So, like, I'm very curious. I absolutely thought he had, had the brand or has it so confused as to what it is that he took. I yeah. Don't know. Can't, I don't I can't know even, enough about being a cowboy. Nope. I can't even give you. <laughs> I mean, you threw out some really good things. A saddle, you know. <laughs> a horse. My horse. Like, <laughs> you took my favorite horse, man. She's wrong. It's big. It's probably bigger than a horse. Probably. Is it land? Like, how do you take land from somebody without paperwork? I don't think that that's land. Is it his wife? No, yeah. Like, I, don't I was thinking, I was like, his woman? I'm like, nope, the woman. The nope, the woman for. stayed there. So, She's accounted like, for. And now, now we know the children's situation has been resolved. <laughs> we, we know yeah, that one's right. adopted and three are biological. So, yeah, I'm not sure. So, I, I do feel that this will resolve this season because it's just, it's too big a question to kind of, like, leave lingering yeah. out there. And I don't feel like they want to really make this Wade guy a big character. Yeah. He's, yeah. So he's fleeting, but he's definitely got John's hackles up and John's really, (laughs) John's really pissed off at him. Like go so far as to beat his son up in the restaurant. I felt bad. You have interesting vocabulary. I do. You said hackles. He has hackles. Oh, hackles. Yeah. Like you say words like that and I just love it. Like, I'm like say those words but i like your words oh thank you and then like i, I do another podcast with, with mike and he's got like his diction is, oh my gosh he he was using the word insourceled i'm like google like, what? what is insourceled <laughs> <laughs> i when we did the uh other podcast together with mike i texted caroline and was like his vocabulary is quite extensive yes she's like yes lawyer <laughs> so since that podcast with Mike, I got myself a word of the day app. Seriously? I did. <laughs> don't is, tell Mike. Oh, no, that's great. I'll, I'll be texting uh, her like right. No, don't tell. I haven't learned any new words that were useful yet. So I'm disappointed in my word of the day app, just so you know. So, that, so hackles. Your, your word of the okay. day is hackles. <laughs> and that just means you got me all upset, right? Yeah, like, you know, I, I like a cat. Like when a cat kind of like, you know, haunches over and, okay. you know. Um, the back like, the hair in like, the back of their neck. Yeah, like raising up. for a fight, you know, like it's the okay. the adrenaline, you know, fight or flight <laughs> kind of thing is happening. I don't know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a new, like a northeast thing. I can't, I can't really. I don't know. Yeah, it's not just a New York thing. <laughs> I love it. Um. Okay, so John. Yeah, we're good with see. Wade. Yeah, we can move on from there. I just felt John was in a, a very much of a give up mode between the conversation with Jamie talking about being tired tired in his soul uh-huh. the conversation with beth that he was just so emotional you know saying to her like i'm so sorry and i'm heartbroken that you didn't think that i was going to be the one that you could come to and i'm meant to be like the safest person for you i just feel that like that was he's... so sweet though oh i was so hard sorry that moment yeah. was like amazing He's reaching a point where he's, I don't know, I feel like he's like in, in about to give up. 
I feel like this is where this season is leading us. Like with all of these little moments throughout these episodes, not of just John, but just these little details. And I think that's where John is going. Like he he left for the whole summer to like disappear from this. And like, I feel like he is getting there in his mind. And even last episode, when he found out about Beth, he was like, this has all been for nothing. Like he feels like there's not a future for the ranch, I think. Yeah, it feels like the, the walls of the 50,000 acres are closing in on him. I feel like he is reaching that point of like, this might be the last generation to have this ranch. There's a lot going on in his mind. And Beth calls him out now in two episodes that he's very introspective and staring off into places and being accused of practicing yoga. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure where he's going, but the, the conversation with Jamie, where he was saying that he never thought he'd be tired of living while he was still able to do it. Mm -hmm. I was just like, Oh, this man is like close to broken here. It's getting real hard for him to keep going with this, I think. Are you ready for teeter talk? Yeah. (laughs) Teeter. Teeter Teeter talk. She became hard for me to understand this episode. Yep. Totally could not. She Mm -mm. was back to episode, what, two when we saw her? Yeah. Yeah. I totally could not understand her at all this episode. Even that first part of what she said couldn't, didn't get any of that. Uh, All I heard was bumping uglies till noon. And I still love the Ryan and Colby back and forth. He's like, still going to happen. He's like, never going to happen. Like, they're just (laughs) constantly about this teeter. And it's like, I love that. From what I could understand, she sounds jealous of Mia and Laramie. You know, they're getting showered with attention from Jimmy and from Lloyd. Yeah, I just think she wants to be a kept woman. But she's looking Colby up and down like like he, he be a snack. Well, he did. I did see his arms again. So yes, I don't blame her. Yes, he's putting on his shirt and we're seeing those ripped arms. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't. Do you think she wants to be a kept woman or do you think she just is really horny? I think she's really horny for Colby. But (laughs) I mean, I I don't get the sense that she minds working i mean she was up on top of the the barn painting and yeah. didn't seem to be the slightest bit set off by it the ryan and colby razzing is just it's i never want that to end they are like two brothers who Same. just it, it's just hilarious and ryan is just sitting there laughing and he's like this is gonna 100 percent happen i love those two characters ryan and colby back and forth every episode it's it's hilarious have you seen the little vignettes on facebook with them too no it's I think it's on the Yellowstone page, like the actual oh, okay. Paramount, so like an Yellowstone with them? page. Oh, okay. And they do these little like bunkhouse interviews, bunkhouse with the boys or whatever. And it's mostly Col- Colby and Ryan. And sometimes Jimmy's there, but they talk about that, like how in real life, like on the set, they are like that. And so it just sort of trickled into the script that they like started razzing each other so much. And then like, <laughs> every, and then Jimmy throws in the like comments about your mom and like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that makes me so much happier that like knowing that that came from such a natural place that it's not scripted. So they're really funny to watch because they tell little stories about what's actually going on behind the scenes. And like they talk about that scene where they did the where they spun around on the battle on the brand. Yeah. Yeah. They talked about that scene and how they like had no stunt doubles and like Jamie actually was roped. And, like it was just funny. Holy it's it's good stuff. You got to go watch it. But yeah, that that whole scene with him getting roped and things like that, that was that was <laughs> cringeworthy. But no, I'm yeah. definitely going to go check out those little vignettes. That's awesome. So they're razzing back in, and forth is like very natural and I love it. It's definitely a very good uh, part of the show back to teeter i didn't know what she was saying but that was her only scene right or yeah no that was her? it that was yeah. it she was very very short-lived this this episode how do you feel about seeing more of mia 
Do you like that she was like more in the episode? I like it because I feel like Jimmy needs some happiness in his life. And she seems yeah. to be like, we were very skeptical. We were skeptical about yeah. her. And especially because of the, the brother thing that she said, like he beat her brother um, in a rodeo. <laughs> you know, I feel good about that. I, I like the fact that she's there. I I, I don't know. I kind of like the, uh, the vibe, the energy that they're bringing to the bunkhouse. These two. <laughs> I've never seen Lloyd smile so much. I didn't know that yeah. man had so many teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, like Rip comes in and like, he just got him some himself, you know? And he, right. I was just thinking that like why are you so pissed you just got some complaining so he's really hard on them and i just i love what lloyd said about like don't blame me for making bad choices or (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that was like lloyd's little bit of sagely wisdom this time out Uh, yeah i i think that anytime rip opens the door to the bunkhouse he's just like prepared to be like an asshole to to them just because it's like the big brother the the principal like whatever you want to call it like he's the man in charge of all these rowdy cowboys so i think he's like expecting nonsense and then when there's like women in there like just in lloyd's bed like, <laughs> what <laughs> so and funny. he just like completely calls lloyd out for like dating a younger woman granted he's like lloyd's, really lloyd's what in his 50s and she's oh at 20s least. but uh you know it's a free country and she's old enough she's of age yeah, she's old enough to vote so. um why does everybody hate barrel ratio so much i have no idea this girl I grew up with, her daughter is a barrel racer currently. Her daughter's like 16. So I, I'm, I'm like tempted. I haven't spoken to my friend in, in a while, but I'm kind of tempted to call her and be like, what's up with the barrel racers? <laughs> like, I don't want to offend her though, because it's her daughter. So I don't want to be like, <laughs> people hate. Keep her out of hospital rooms. <laughs> right? On the Facebook page, the barrel racers are defending themselves. They're like, hey, we're not so bad. Like, why are you hating on us? <laughs> I feel like it's just like a natural competition between like cowboys and they have to have a competition with somebody. Yeah. So. They're all like on the Facebook page. Like I'm not sleeping around. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like this is creating a reputation for barrel racers, whether or not it's earned or not. One girl was like, I'm not a buckle bunny. I'm like, I'm still okay. I don't know why they hate barrel racers so much. Maybe just cause they're rowdy. Like out of rodeoing, barrel racing seems kind of like the most logical of the choices. It definitely seems less dangerous. Right. Like, if I'm going to pick a rodeo event, so I'm kind of thinking barrel racing. Instead of roping and tying and wrestling and... So many questions left to be answered. This is a lot. Oh, wait. Wait. We forgot something. What did we forget? Beth and Angela. Oh, my God. How Blue did Thunder. we forget that? Yes. I don't know. I just don't... We, we like... just skipped over it, I guess. Yes. But I was let down. I know. Me too. Did, like, did that's something it? skip? Like I was looking at the timestamp. I'm like, did something, did I miss something? Did you get the feeling that they have known each other before? Angela definitely knows Beth. I don't know if Beth knows Angela because she didn't know who she was working. Well, maybe she did because she goes, well, who are you working for? So I guess. Yeah. I yeah. feel like they've sort of met in the past, like maybe in high school or something. Like maybe not that they had worked together or But been like their paths any... have crossed. I felt that yeah, way. Okay. Just based on it wasn't such a like, who are you? Or, you know, why are you here? Like she. It's like you're known by reputation kind of thing. Yeah, probably. But it was built up so much, not just by us, but by, you know, John and, and Rainwater when they met and they were like, oh, we'll have to have our two, you know, strategists meet. And they kind of like smirked at each other going like, yeah, yeah that'll be fun. I agree. Like I expected, I didn't think that they were going to like, 
fight or whatever, but no, I just but I wanted just, there to be a little bit more of a cat fight. Yeah, or like, just a little more deviousness in terms of yes, like, you know, or, hey, how are we going to get them? Angela says that Willa's out. Willa from Market Equity, she's the CEO. She wants to get Beth fired. And I'm like, but fired for, I mean, yes, of course, it makes sense that she wants her fired. But I'm like, for what? Like, how could she get her fired? I don't know a lot about stock trading, but it would seem to have to do something with having her stock. Um, what was the term? Oh, they shorted the stock. Okay. All right. Yeah. But I mean, she didn't like, do anything. I don't think you can. That's not, I don't think. That she that's leaked like... information. She didn't do anything illegal. Exactly. You know, so, so no. I don't think that she could get her fired, especially when Beth's boss seems to be so much on her side. Too, Un- like, unless Rourke's threat of we could buy Schwartz and Meyer 15 times over. That's true. Comes true. You're right. But Angela, I believe, is in the next three episodes. I believe she's I, in the next. I think so. The, the, the remaining episodes for the season. So um, I have higher hopes for their next meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we nearly like let this I know. one go. What's the matter with us? I think because we were so let down. Like I, you and I both, I expected this to be like pretty epic meeting. Yeah, I thought this was going to be like a meeting And of it the was minds. like a two-second clip. And I was like, wait, what happened? And she wait. just leaves. I was like, come back. <laughs> there was no sage burning, like putting it out with her water. Like, ah. Yeah. I, I expected know. more. Taylor Sheridan, get it together for me for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have some thunder. That's right. Some Beth and Blue Thunder. That's going to be the name of my second album. <laughs> <laughs> so are we standing by our prediction that this mess does not get wrapped up? There's a lot it can't to unpack. Be, it can't possibly be wrapped up in three episodes. Yeah, I think there's got to be, I like a good cliffhanger. So there's got to be a good like, dun 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 kind of moment. But yeah. I don't think we're going to get any big answers. Okay. Do we get any more bombshells? Oh, gosh. I Is there anybody hope, left? I mean, I like bombshells too, but I almost feel like we can't take another one at this point. Like, yeah. who? Yeah. No, okay, but the bombshell could be Jamie's kid that yes. we may or may not have. That, we don't that know. That is true. That is a very large, unresolved plot line. So that could be the last bombshell of this season, possibly. Quite possibly. And he's, I definitely oh feel that he's going to find out who his dad is. And there's going to oh, yeah. be some meeting. I think so too. Come on back too. next week and see what we have to say about it. That's right. Thank you for listening. This has been the Yellowstone Podcast. This was episode seven, The Beating. This is Sheila. This is Steph. And if you could please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, five stars would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.